Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Welcome to another Wednesday episode of It's Not You, It's Them, but it might be you with me, a la la la, let me explain. And all of these people who you're going to hear from today sent these to my inbox at ask la la la, let me explain. So if you want to get your question into a Wednesday topic, make sure you send it there. But obviously it's too late for this one. We've got three topics. So let's get into them. Hi Lala, I am a cleaner so I go into other people's houses all day long and one of my clients has cameras everywhere. A lot of my clients have pet cams or ring doorbells etc, which is totally normal, but I'm talking dozens, both outside the property and inside. I've always found it weird and when I looked after their cat when they were on holiday, the cat hid under one of the beds, so I had to go in every room looking for her. That's when I realised that they had cameras in every room apart from the bathroom. This includes their teenage daughter's room. The client I deal with is the mum and she's always late paying me and says she has to wait until her husband gives her the money to be able to pay me. I just have this awful feeling in my stomach about the dad of this family. I've met him in a couple of times and he just gives me that gut feeling of being a creep. The cams everywhere shout control to me, but the one in the teenager's room makes me feel really worried and concerned. Even if there's nothing untoward going on, those poor kids, there are two girls, one is about 11 and the other one is about 14, must feel like they can't do anything without being watched. I have the mum on Facebook and I know this sounds daft, but in all the family photos the dad has his hands around the teenage girl more in a partner sort of way than dad. I don't know. I hope I'm very wrong, but I really do think there is something odd going on in that house, whether it be controlling behaviour from the dad or something more sinister. Should I report it? I'm worried that they would know it was me because who else would they know about that would know about all the cameras, particularly the ones upstairs. What do you think, Lala? Oh, I definitely think that you should call children's services there's a a worrying number of red flags I think including him controlling the mum's money but most especially the cameras his hard drives need looking at I think the dilemma is incriminating yourself is it safe to do so and can you afford to lose that job because I think if you were going to do it, you'd need to resign first because you could be putting yourself in a very vulnerable position if you're in their home and they suspect you. Safeguarding is everybody's responsibility. And if we have even the tiniest doubt, then we should raise the flag. If we're wrong, we're wrong. If we're right and we said nothing, we missed an opportunity to protect a child from abuse. Whether we're on a bus or in the street, if it's safe to do so, then you should always count every child as under your care if they're in danger. 
Like that child who I've never seen in my life is mine right now. That's how I see all children. I like if I've been on many occasions where I've seen children being hit by a parent in the streets or something happening on a bus. And obviously I do have a different level of confidence because I am a social worker, but I always go up and intervene. And if it doesn't seem safe, like if it's a really angry man or something, I'll dial 999 and follow behind them so that I can make sure that I can see where they live or whatever safeguarding is is definitely absolutely everyone's responsibility we should always do something if we can but never I will keep reiterating this at the detriment to your own safety never put yourself at risk that's completely pointless you can report anonymously to the NSPCC that might be a good start for you or directly to the MASH team it has to be the local authority where those children reside. So if you live in one borough and they live in a different one, you call the borough where they live to speak to a social worker at the MASH team to run this scenario by them. Cameras in the house are fine if, if people want to do that. But, you know, in your child's bedroom, again, maybe if your child is four and still, you know, or under five or whatever, and you have that camera, we all monitor our babies when they're babies and you need to make sure that they're not, nothing terrible is happening to them in their cot. But when they're 14 or, you know, above 11, if that 11 year old is in high school, they could be walking to school by themselves, you know, going to the shops by themselves. It's not a period of time in their lives where you still need to be filming them in their bedrooms. And it is absolutely a time in their lives, especially, you know, puberty is coming. They're young, developing, growing bodies. They need privacy. They need to have a safe space where their parents aren't monitoring them visually at all times. It is certainly inappropriate. And, and, I, and I can see how that alone is worrying and, and, and how all the other little flags around it, like the mum not um, being able to pay unless dad gives the money, uh, is definitely a red flag. Financial abuse is a big indicator of domestic abuse. Financial control, her not having access to her own money could give us an indication that there is control going on in this household. And there is a massive link between domestic abuse and sexual abuse of children. Massive link. So I, I do not downplay that one. The other thing I would just add to this is that you might not actually get the response that, that that you feel like. You know, some people might not interpret this referral in the same way that I would. So also don't be surprised if somebody on the other end of the phone is like, it's his house, he's allowed to have cameras, this is not, you know, because the things that you've told me are red flags for something more sinister, but none of them are actually defined crimes or defined anything really. But as I say, still report it. Just don't be surprised if if nothing comes of it. And on to the next one, which says... Hi, Lala. I've been dating a guy for a few months now. Recently, we've been discussing bigger things, such as money and debt. He revealed to me that he has a lot of debt and is a gambling addict. He was really vulnerable and honest about it and recognised that it could be a deal-breaker. He's currently paying back his debt but recognises that this will be a lifelong thing he will have to control and work on. I'm really stuck as to what to do. On one hand, he treats me really well and I really like him. He makes me feel really seen and wanted and I've not had this kind of connection for a while. We talked about the big things early on. We have really similar values and wants out of life. 
He's a really great communicator, intelligent, both emotionally and intellectually, really calm and logical in disagreements, has a good job, all pretty much green flag so far. On the other hand, there is a side that I have not yet seen. Gambling can be associated with crime, lying, poor mental health and poor overall prognosis long term in terms of relapses amongst other things. I have a good job in the same realm of yours, which requires me to hold and work with a lot of other people's difficult times in life. Therefore, a safe and secure base at home is really important for me. I think I'm in a pretty good position myself. I own my own house, have really great family and friends, and think I'm on the whole a good, secure, stable person to be in a relationship with. Therefore, my question is, what do I do? Do I go with the fact that continuing to see him could potentially ruin my life one day? Is this too big of a risk? Obviously, he deserves love too. But should I end this thing and allow him to meet someone who doesn't have the doubts and worries that I do? This is so difficult. And if you are going to go ahead and and not end it on this basis, then the main thing you need to do is go slow. You do not need to put all your eggs in one basket. But if you do, you need to know the signs. You need to get really knowledgeable about gambling, about any of the pink and red flags for relapses, so that you would be well aware if gambling behaviours were creeping into his life again. You would never be able to have joint accounts. You would have to keep your mortgage completely in your name and keep everything so tight and so inaccessible to him that it's like Fort Knox around your finances, even your handbag, your purse, like, you know, would you leave it unattended at night? You know, it's difficult because you have to protect yourself above all else. Gambling addicts can be sneaky and they lie. That is the nature of addiction. Maybe not them as who they are as people when they're in recovery or before the addiction, but that's what addiction does. I'm the daughter of a gambling addict. My dad lost absolutely everything because of his gambling addiction. Both my granddad, paternal, and my dad have ended up rough sleeping as a result of gambling addiction. So I can confirm to you that this would absolutely be something that would make me run for the hills. However, you don't have the same attachment to it as I do. And my advice should be completely impartial. You know, I shouldn't say, well, just because I'm not going to do this and this is my history, you shouldn't do it. And I'm really fully mindful of any addicts listening to this and thinking, fuck, I'm so undateable. And that is, of course, not the truth. So I don't want to paint dating recovering addicts in a negative light. Many millions of addicts never or rarely relapse and can have good, fulfilling, healthy relationships after addiction. But in the same breath, it is an undeniable risk. All addictions are dangerous, but gambling is the one where they will rip your home from under you. So it's worrying and scary and nerve-wracking. But he's told you early on, he's tackling it, he's doing the work. Sounds like he's in recovery, he's getting all the support that he needs. And only you will know if he's worth it. And some loves are worth it, you know? Some loves are worth taking that risk, but only if they are significantly far enough down the road in their recovery and only if you're 100% savvy every step of the way in protecting your finances uh, uh, and your life in a way that it, like I said, Fort Knox. 
you could learn more about gambling by going to Gammonon, which is uh, the uh, like equivalent of Gamblers Anonymous, but for families. But I also feel like, God, if we're having to consider this level of stuff, like right early on in the beginning, is it really worth us pursuing? And as I said, only you will know that. Only you will know whether this feels like one of those ones where it's like, fuck, I'd be absolutely throwing away my soulmate if I didn't pursue this. He does sound like there's lots of green flags. And actually, I just, I, I feel I feel sad and sorry for him. I feel sad that this is probably something that he has to go through, you know, divulging that he's had this addiction and then facing people going, oh, too much, you know? That's shit. And it's one of the shit parts of addiction. But also, you shouldn't remain in it just because you don't want to feel that guilty feeling of judging him negatively. You know what I mean? Don't ruin your life because you don't want to make someone else feel bad. It's a difficult one, but get lots of support if you do decide to go down that road. Learn, learn, learn. Educate yourself. Know everything there is to know about gambling addiction so that you are armed with a bit more power and protection against it. Know that fizzy feeling you get when you read something really good, watch the movie everyone's been talking about, or catch the show the internet can't get over? At the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast, we chase that feeling five times a week. We talk about the buzziest movies, TV, music, books, and more. From lowbrow to highbrow to in-between, catch the Pop Culture Happy Hour podcast from NPR. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. And the last one says, Hi Lala, my partner of 10 years and I have recently separated. I've been with this man since I was 22 and we've got a young child together. My body isn't what it used to be when I first met my ex. I feel insecure about my size and shape and pubic hair and even my other body hair and the fact that I had an episiotomy when I gave birth to my child. None of this bothered my ex, but I feel like I'm not up to date with what might be expected when I get naked with a new partner. As a newly single parent, I don't feel like I can afford to start having regular waxes or beauty appointments and stuff. I now feel incredibly insecure about my body when it comes to meeting and potentially having sex with another man. Help. I have been in this place. I was with my son's dad from my early 20s, and by the time we split up and I was ready to date again... I was a 31-year-old single mother. And I remember a time when I looked at myself in the mirror naked a few months after giving birth and I, I just felt horrified and disgusted by my own body. It was unrecognisable. Like, nothing looked how it had looked before the pregnancy. My boobs were saggy. I had a huge C-section scar which had created a shelf of belly over my vagina. My bum was like a large, flat, shapeless expanse. Everything looked as awful as I could possibly look in my eyes. And I couldn't comprehend how anyone could ever look at me naked again and not run away. And I would hear people praise postpartum bodies for the beauty that came from the fact that a life had been created. But I'd always have this thing in my head like, well, I'm sure if a body became like this because of you carrying a man's child, he'd always love your body. 
But how could another man accept me looking like this when it wasn't even his child that caused the damage? I had a lot of work to do at the time. Waxes and beauty treatments will not change how you or anyone else feels about your body. The one and only thing that might is exercise. And not because of weight loss, but because moving our bodies creates endorphins that make us feel better. Dancing around your front room for an hour every morning would probably make you feel differently about yourself in quite a short amount of time. There's a really good account on Instagram called Movement is Medicine and she really talks about being in our bodies and engaging with our bodies and moving our bodies in a really positive way. You'll see how she does the dances. It's just kind of like hip movements and stuff. And don't film yourself. Don't do it in front of everyone. You don't even have to look at yourself in the mirror if you don't want to. But just do it and move along with it. Start to use your body and feel your body in a good way again, and not just as a body that carried a baby, which is a beautiful, wonderful thing, but your body is more than that. Learning to accept your body how it is now is key, not trying to change it. Learning to be neutral and okay about it. And you might even get to love it one day, but you don't need to love your body or think that you're the most sexy, wonderful, beautiful woman out there. You don't. You just need to be okay with it and to value it for what it is, the vessel that carries your soul around. Nobody will ever be looking at your naked body with the same level of judgment and criticism as you. No way. So already know that however you're looking at it, a man's perception is going to be a hundred times better regardless. But your body does not exist for men to think it is sexy. Look at your body naked in the mirror daily. And I know that can be really hard. I really remember looking in the mirror and thinking, I never want to see this again. But actually getting comfortable with that is a really good way to start accepting your body. Make a point of it, even if it's just a minute for the first week, and then maybe increase to five minutes the next week. And then when you get to five minutes, also make it your mission to tell yourself that there is something on that body that is fucking gorgeous. Whether it's the curve of your hip or the shade of your nipples, who fucking knows? But promise to tell yourself that there is something on there that you can find acceptable and be neutral about or even love you know find the best thing that day and be sexual with yourself and for yourself before even thinking about men actually start getting back into self-love self-pleasure masturbate get onto beducated and do some of the courses around self-confidence I'll put up a beducated code at some point so go onto my Instagram and I'll, I'll put something in stories because beducated would be really good for you to learn how to get back into your sexual groove and get back that sexual confidence and just to start exploring your own sexuality and feeling like a sexy being again at some point if you want to and if you do eventually decide to get back into the dating scene and you do go onto dating apps, make sure that you use realistic pictures. If a man meets you in real life or on an app, he can see what you look like in your clothes and that will give him a fair idea of what you look like naked. And when you get there, he'll probably just be grateful to be involved. They know what they're getting. If you are a size 16 in your dress, a man is not going to expect you to take off that dress and suddenly become a size 8. He knows you're a size 16 and that's why he fancies you. We view ourselves so differently to those who view us naked. The things that you see as your flaws, there are millions who would see them as a turn on. Self-perception isn't fact. Your body didn't bother your ex because there would be nothing to be bothered about. Your body is a normal 
body learn to accept it and that is us for another week three in the bag and we got a Weber what we got this what day is it Wednesday so we've got a Friday coming for you in just a couple of days time so follow like subscribe share do all of that stuff and join me here again on Friday for some more icks and whatnots I don't know whether it'll be red flags or fuckboy replies as I always say come and find out la 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 let me explain This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.